Hello and welcome to this audio version of my best-selling book on B2B sales, Stop Talking, Start Selling. Written, recorded and produced by myself, leading international sales trainer and personal success coach, David Craig White. I want to start by thanking you first of all for investing your time into my content. I know there's a huge amount of sales content out there and it's sometimes difficult to know who to listen to, but I'm sure you'll know you made a good decision to choose myself before you even reach the end of the first chapter. Audiobooks are a great and popular source of content because you can of course listen to them pretty much everywhere on any device. What I would recommend you to do though is not to consume too much content at one time. This audiobook is six hours long, so it's pretty intense. But even if it was half of that amount, I would still recommend you watch it in small chunks to ensure you can retain the information. To make this easy for you, I've broken down the audiobook into five sections. There's the short intro, which is around 40 minutes long and covers some of the very fundamental basics of sales. And then there's the other four core chapters of the book, which are as follows. We've got chapter one, which is all about sales prospecting and is one hour and nine minutes long. Chapter two, on qualifying your way to success, which is the most important and intense chapter and is three hours, 12 minutes long in total. Then we've got chapter three, sales presentation mastery, which is 38 minutes long. And finally, chapter four, closing and negotiating, which is one hour and two minutes. Now, personally, I recommend consuming the content in one hour chunks or thereabouts, but I know some of you are hungry to learn, so I won't stop you consuming it faster than that. The most important thing to remember is that listening to this audiobook will not make you better at selling. Taking action and applying the things I teach you will. Wherever and however you choose to consume the content, I really hope you can gain some massive value from it and I hope you'll also take the time to refer it to others and review it when you're done. Thanks for listening, and please remember, this audiobook is 2017 copyright content, and it is illegal to copy or distribute it in any way without my prior permission. If your friends or colleagues want a copy, tell them to buy one like you did. And if you suspect anyone distributing it illegally, please get in touch with me at dcw at davidcraigwhite.com, and I'll be sure to thank you in the best possible way. Thanks again for listening, and please enjoy the book. Eighteen years ago, I embarked on my career as a salesman. I was working as a cashier for the Royal Bank of Scotland in Manchester, England. I was 19 at the time, and my only previous work experience had been as a checkout assistant at Tesco supermarket. Working as a cashier at a bank might not strike you as being a sales job, but it was. I had to meet targets around the number of new accounts and meetings I made over the counter each week. It wasn't exactly very challenging or difficult, but it was still selling. Every Thursday evening, we would all stay late at the bank to do telephone sales. We would call customers who were overdrawn or those who had large amounts of money in low interest accounts to sell them loans or savings accounts. All of my colleagues hated Thursday evenings with a passion. I absolutely loved it. There was just something about the buzz of picking up that phone and making a sale that got me going. I was hooked. The branch manager was so impressed with my Thursday evening performances that she promoted me to a full-time sales advisor role. I was moved upstairs and even given my own office. Life was good and my parents were proud as punch. 
Yet a little over three years later, I declared myself personally bankrupt and quit the sales profession altogether. It was by far the lowest point of my career, if not my life. I'd taken on my first business-to-business -business sales role just six months earlier. My inexperience, together with the false expectations that selling to businesses would be as easy as selling to consumers, brought me down to earth with a bump. Today, I am a well-respected international sales trainer, personal success coach, and entrepreneur. I've trained and coached thousands of people in over 120 countries and spend my days coaching sales leaders and helping organizations build top performing sales teams. During my sales career, I've closed thousands of sales and had the pleasure of doing business with global giants such as Boeing, BP, Siemens, Kraft Foods, Aeon, Fujitsu, McGraw-Hill, The Cooperative Group, just to name a few. I've also helped some of Europe's fastest growing startups generate millions of dollars in sales and expand into over 60 new countries, whilst successfully building and selling my first business on the side. So you could say I've walked the walk. In this book, I'm going to share with you some of the experiences, tips, tricks and techniques that have served me well during my successful career in sales. I'd like to save you the blood, sweat and tears I had to go through in order to become a top sales professional. I highly recommend you apply common sense before using anything I suggest. You, your company, prospects and solutions all have one thing in common. They are unique. Rigid methodologies are not my style because despite what you might hear, in sales, there are no magic formulas that guarantee success in every company. Some of the things I recommend will work first time, others will not. I challenge you though to thoroughly test the things that don't work first time to give them a fair chance. It's all too easy to dismiss something new and out of your comfort zone and it will pain you even more several years down the line when you realize you made a mistake by doing so. And finally, I will also recommend that you constantly challenge what you think you know. A flexible open mind is more valuable than a decade of experience and rarer than a good cup of tea. A career in sales. For as long as I can remember, millions of students around the world have worked crappy jobs, lived in debt, and studied long and hard to chase their dream of a career in their chosen profession. Meanwhile, many less educated people have been building healthy careers and gaining valuable work experience in the sales profession while at the same time getting paid and supporting the economy. Apart from a couple of part-time evening classes, I never went into further education myself. I never really had a clear picture of what I wanted to be and thus had no idea of what to study. I suppose the fact I was already earning before I left school had an impact on my decision too. I'd been working part-time on weekends as a postroom clerk for several months, and the lure of the full-time job and pay packet that was waiting for me was hard to resist. When I was younger, I never quite understood the concept of further education. I couldn't quite figure out why people would put in so much extra time, work and money into something that offered no guarantee of employment or financial benefits upon completion. As a 16-year-old, I was living the dream. I was earning money, living at home with my parents, had no commitments and spent my weekends shopping in Manchester with my friends, buying new clothes, DVDs and computer games. By the time I started working in sales, I was earning even more, had my own car 
and was out on the town three to four nights per week, enjoying the good life. Aside from the rough learning curve that followed, I can honestly say that sales has been an amazingly rewarding career. It has, and still does, opened many doors for me, and essentially acted as a catapult to get me to where I am today. Many people underestimate the critical business experience you gain when working in business-to-business sales. Learning how to sell yourself and your ideas are arguably the most important skills you can have in today's business world, especially if you have ambitions to be an entrepreneur. 10 Benefits of a Career in Sales If you want to be good at what you do, one of the fundamental rules of success is that you have to love what you do. I love selling. In fact, I'm deeply passionate about the profession, which is why I love teaching people about it. What you don't know about me though is that I actually worked in sales for about three years before I even realized it was a profession. And only then did the love affair begin. Before this, I just looked at all of my jobs as exactly that, a job. Something to put money in my pocket until I finally found a profession I wanted to do. Nobody ever mentioned selling when the career counselors came to my school, so how was I supposed to know it was even an option? After a few years, I was lucky enough to receive valuable sales training from someone who had a strong passion for sales. This not only changed my career, but ultimately my entire life. Through my career in sales, I've come to realize and appreciate many of the commonly untold benefits of working in the sales profession. And I would like to share my top 10 with you now. Some you may know, some you may have forgotten, and others you may have never even considered. Number one, you can get a job in selling without any prior training, experience, or education. That's amazing, isn't it? With no initial investment of time or money, you can get a job in a profession where you can earn more money than a doctor. I was once out of work for a week when I was younger, and my mother started to give me the third degree. I bet her £10 I could go out, get the paper, and get an interview for a sales job before she got home. Within an hour, I had three interviews booked in for the following day. Number two, you can earn as you learn. With a bit of luck, the company you work for will provide some form of basic sales training. If not, you can always educate yourself with books, podcasts, or free videos. If you wanted to study to be a doctor, lawyer, or even a builder, you'd have to either consider a part-time job doing something else on the side, or an apprenticeship. Either way, you'll spend years working for peanuts before you can start earning a decent salary. In the profession of selling, it does not work this way. If you're dedicated enough to learn the skills and techniques in your spare time, while working a sales job, within six months, you can be earning serious money. Number three, when you work in the profession of selling, you have unlimited earning potential. Do you know of any other profession where that's possible? Sure, people who work in hard labor jobs like plumbers or builders can do double the amount of work and make lots of money, but they're still limited by time. There's only so many hours in the day and days in the week, right? When you master how to sell, you can and will multiply your earnings. 
Not only will your company be throwing pay rises and other additional incentives at you to keep you on board, but your sales results will snowball too. The more sales you make, the more happy clients you will serve. The more happy clients you serve, the more referrals you'll get. And this is just the beginning of the snowball effect. I used to pride myself in offering my clients the best service possible throughout the sale. And I would try to serve my employers in the very same way. And today, I run a consultancy that runs almost solely on my past clients and contacts and on the referrals they give to others. Number four, when you're good at selling, you will never be out of a job. Think about it. When the economy is booming, who do companies want most? And when the economy is dying, who do companies need most in order to survive? Good salespeople, right? No economy could ever survive without salespeople. It's just not possible. You just need to look in any job section in a newspaper or website to see the number of sales jobs available compared to other professions. Sales jobs are always available and good salespeople are always in demand. If you can master sales, you will essentially make yourself recession-proof and guarantee yourself work for life. Number five, one of the things I've come to love about the profession of selling is that you never stop learning. Even after 18 years in the profession, I can honestly say I learn something new every single day. As you'll come to realize by the end of this book, there's a huge number of skills, tactics, and techniques to learn, and you won't be able to take them all in at once. In fact, I used to schedule a calendar reminder to read my favorite sales book at least once every year. You'll be amazed at how many new things you discover even 10 years later from reading the very same book. Number six, you should also love the profession of selling because you get to face new challenges every day. If you don't enjoy constant challenges, a career in sales is not for you. If you do, then imagine how easy it is to get out of bed every morning, excited about what new challenges are waiting for you in the day ahead. It's truly motivational. Number seven, you have to love selling for the competitive buzz you get every day. Whether it's competing with your colleagues, other teams, or even yourself, you cannot beat the motivational feeling of a good competitive environment. There's been many studies done about how working in a competitive environment can bring the best out of people. It helps you stay on your toes, raise your game, and constantly work at improving yourself, which are all healthy for the mind. Number eight, selling is one of the only professions where you can really fast track your career. In my first sales job, I went from working as a cashier to being one of the key telesales reps within 12 weeks. I can also remember one time my younger sister got promoted to office manager for a small company just a week after she started, and that was with only six months prior sales experience. I managed to go from being a failed, bankrupt sales loser to becoming one of the most respected sales experts in Europe in less than 10 years. Anything is possible in this profession. You just have to work hard and believe in yourself. Number nine, I'm sure you'll agree that the freedom to be yourself is a fantastic job perk. In most jobs, you can be yourself when you speak to colleagues, but when it comes to communicating with clients, you often have to be someone else. In the profession of selling, 
You do, of course, have to match your clients' personas, but people buy from you because they like you. So being yourself and getting your personality across will ultimately increase your earnings. Number 10, I'm writing this book and deliver quite a lot of live sales training workshops from my home office in a small suburb of Copenhagen, Denmark. I moved here in 2006 from the UK where I was born and raised. Since then, I've conducted business in over 60 different countries and have thousands of students in over 120 countries. Working in the profession of selling gives you the amazing opportunity and freedom to travel the world. I could honestly pack up my suitcase right now and go and sit on the beach in the Maldives and work, providing the internet connection was good enough, of course. Whether you run your own company, work for a large enterprise, or maybe even a small startup, you will come across some amazing career opportunities in sales that can take you anywhere. With modern technology and your amazing selling skills, the world can really be your oyster. Suited to selling. All too often have I heard that you need to have the gift of the gab to be able to work in the sales profession. Yet nothing could be further from the truth. Many people say this stereotype comes from back in the 60s, 70s and 80s, a time when that's just how salespeople were. But sadly, it's still true of some today. There are some personal skills you need to either have or be willing to work on in order to be suited to work in the profession of selling. Number one, you'll need to be a good listener. Contrary to belief, selling is not all about talking, pitching your solution and reeling off your fantastic list of features and benefits. It is, in fact, listening that is your best weapon. Selling is not about you, it's about your prospects. In order to sell people, you have to listen to them. You have to understand their pains and goals if you're going to be able to help them. Listening to people also develops trust, and trust is one of the most important steps in any relationship. Number two, you'll also need to be resilient. If you do not have the mental strength to take rejection on the chin and bounce right back, you're not suited to work in sales. You have to learn to love being rejected. You have to treat rejection as the first no on the way to the final yes. Some people crumble and fall apart when they get rejected and it can take them hours to pick themselves back up and try again. When you work in the profession of selling, you're going to hear no or get out of my office or I'm not interested or stop calling me on a daily basis. Get used to it. In the words of Rocky Balboa, it ain't about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Number three, you need to be smart. You need to be sharp and intelligent enough to learn quickly and to act on the spot when you work in sales. As the old saying goes, you can take the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. In this book, I'm gonna share many hints, tips, and techniques to help you get better at selling. Many will be new and out of your comfort zone, and others will be simple and easy to apply. But if you try to copy and apply everything I teach, it will sound and feel unnatural, and you won't use it again. You must learn to integrate my suggestions so they suit your own personality and style of selling. 
So being a good listener, being resilient and being smart is a good fundamental base for being suited to selling. So feel free to give your mouth a rest. Your prospects will appreciate it. The Characteristics of Elite Sales Professionals Almost every sales team consists of a small number of poor performers, a majority number of average performers, and a small minority of elite sales professionals. These high-performing sales professionals are the ones who not only achieve targets, but exceed them. And they do it month in, month out, without fail. So what makes this elite few so much better than the rest? What qualities do they have or what do they do differently than everyone else? Well, there are some basic personal skills you need to have in order to be suited to work in the profession of selling, but these alone will not get you to the top. I've worked with, managed and coached thousands of salespeople over the past 18 years and noted that the elite sales professionals do indeed always seem to share certain characteristics. Number one. Elite sales professionals are always very competitive. You will not find a top performer anywhere in this profession who is not extremely competitive. They are either constantly competing with others or competing with themselves to keep pushing the limits to a higher level. Number two, the top sales dogs are always super passionate about their profession. Whether you work in a corner shop or play professional football, you have to be passionate about what you do for a living in order to perform at your best. The elite sales professional is passionate about sales and usually about business too. They don't just see sales as a job, they see it as a true profession and as a result, live and breathe it. Number three, you also have to be passionate about the solution you're selling. Top sales professionals refuse to risk damaging their reputations by selling something they do not believe in. Believing in what you sell is one of the key fundamentals of sales success. Without it, you'll never be able to perform at your very best. Number four, the elite are always hungry for more. It's not getting to the top that is difficult in any profession. It's staying there. Elite sales professionals never get tired of success. They're always looking for the next challenge. Sometimes this sees them leave great jobs when they're making great money just because success is not a bank balance to a great sales professional. Number five, elite sales professionals don't want to reach targets. They want to exceed them. They don't aim for 100%. They aim for smashing 100% to pieces. They see 100% as the minimum expected of them. Number six, top sales performers are like chameleons. They have the ability to act and adapt to match their prospects characteristics. This could be something like their tone of voice or the way they sit. And this adaption puts prospects at ease and makes them feel comfortable in the presence of the salesperson. It psychologically breaks down the wall of resistance between buyer and seller and helps develop trust. Number seven, the true sales elite are very honest professionals. They remain professional at all times, no matter what the circumstances. They do this not only because they care about their personal reputation, but most of all because they care about their clients. This professional act of caring comes across in a way they speak and listen to their prospects. It builds trust and makes the closing stage of the sale much easier. 
as well as increasing the chances of getting referrals and repeat business from clients in the future. Number eight, they're smart. The elite learn quickly. They're constantly asking questions and don't need to hear the answer more than once before it sinks in. They instantly take that new knowledge, make it their own and start using it right away. It's fascinating to watch when you put a sales champion into a new environment. They're like a sponge. They instantly begin to soak in everything around them with a burning desire to learn as quickly as possible and be the best wherever they are. Number nine. Elite sales professionals are very proud individuals and perfectionists. They care about what people think and they are their own biggest critic. Whether it relates to their customer data, client proposals or their desk, they always want things to be as perfect as possible. This ensures they keep a clear mind and reduces the chances of mistakes and it also ensures they give their clients excellent service. Number 10. The true champions treat problems as challenges. So when things go bad, it motivates them more than ever. Whether it's the latest economic downturn or a new competitor in a market, all champions want to do is get better and win more than ever before. Number 11, elite sales professionals radiate confidence. Their answer is always something like, no problem, sure thing, I can do it. We'll be number one, that's easy, let's do it. They never doubt themselves or their ability to do anything, and they truly believe they can achieve anything they set their minds to. They understand their internal communication to themselves is their biggest influence. Number 12. Top sales professionals are always very well balanced. This helps them structure their day, manage their pipelines, get home in time for tea with the family, and get plenty of sleep. This balance is also very important when dealing with prospects. There can sometimes be a very thin line between building rapport and being too friendly with your prospects. You need to keep that relationship balanced so that you can ask for the business when the time feels right, without it feeling awkward. I like to describe it as the Jekyll and Hyde characteristic. They are fully aware of the cutting edge needed to switch from consultant to closer. 13. Most of the top sales elite want to be able to afford the best things in life for themselves and their families. But don't we all? Well, yeah, of course, we do, but not everyone. Some people have a different idea of the best things in life and say things like, I just want to have enough money to get by and give my family the basics they need. The difference between these people and the top sales elite is that the elite don't want the basic things in life. They want the best. They don't want a semi-detached house, they want a detached house. They don't want a holiday in the Canaries, they want to go to the Maldives. They wouldn't even consider staying in a three-star hotel, they want four stars at very minimum. Now some people would say that this is being greedy, but those people are usually the average performers in sales. There's absolutely nothing wrong with only wanting the basics in life, but there's also nothing unhealthy about being driven to want the best either. 14. One of the most important characteristics of a true elite sales performer is that they are humble. Despite being super confident, wanting the best in life and always being at the top, the elite remains humble and critical of themselves. 
They admit to being wrong and work hard at making their imperfections right. Without this crucial characteristic, all you would have is a selfish, spoilt movie star who will eventually come down to earth with a bump. And 15, last and certainly not least, every top sales performer, the champions, the elite, the best, always follow the instruction manual. They never skip parts of the sales process and always earn the right to close by listening and building a strong value proposition that makes closing sales a piece of cake. They are always working on perfecting the small steps in the sales process and so should you. So that's it. That's all you need to be one of the elite sales professionals of your industry. It's by no means an easy task, but nobody ever said it was. The definition of selling. There must be a million different definitions of selling. We have our own definitions, those from others we like and agree with, and we of course have plenty of ridiculous ones. For me, selling is the act of helping and sometimes persuading people to invest in a solution you believe they can get value from. When you work in the profession of selling, you're very often acting. This doesn't mean you have to be a fake person. In fact, one of the most wonderful benefits of working in the profession, as I mentioned earlier, is the freedom to be yourself. But think back to an event in your private life where you met somebody for the first time. Maybe it was meeting with the in-laws or your first day at a new school or job. Do you remember how you acted in that scenario? Did you act the same way as you do in the presence of your friends and family? Of course not. It's human instinct that makes us hold back our personality when we first meet people for the first time. We fear running in, being ourselves, and making a bad first impression. Instead, we remain reserved until we feel comfortable in the environment, and only then do we begin to relax and let out our true selves. In the profession of selling, this is the perfect way to be. As we'll discuss later in the book, people buy from people they like, but people are also very quick to judge based on their first impression. I've often seen or heard people use the term exchange of services or exchange of items when they define selling, but that would be like saying the checkout assistant at the local supermarket is a salesperson. Taking money in exchange for an item someone just selected themselves is not selling. It's just completing a transaction or order taking, as we like to call it in the sales profession. Sometimes people make their own decisions and other times they need help and persuasion. But unless they need help or persuasion, it's not selling. I've also heard people use sayings such as he could sell a color TV to a blind person or she could sell eyes to an Eskimo when describing someone they see as a good salesperson. Selling something that offers no value to someone is not professional selling. It's the exact kind of behavior that has tarnished the profession for many years and in my opinion is nothing short of theft. I've worked at places where railroading prospects into buying at all costs were considered acceptable and I'll admit to having done it myself in the past too, but it's not okay. Today, I will urge you not to take this approach. It will ruin your personal reputation and you will not go home feeling good about your day's work. 
If you think being a good salesperson is selling anything, anywhere, and to anyone, I recommend either a change in mindset or a change in career. To be a truly world-class sales professional, you have to be an honest and trustworthy individual with strong morals and integrity running through your veins. This is what will guide you to long-term success. Defining leads, prospects, and opportunities. When you work in the profession of selling, you're going to hear the words leads, prospects, and opportunities being used a lot. You'll also find it common for companies to have their own definitions, most of which are the cause of ongoing confusion. Below, I'll share my personal definitions of these three elements, along with a simple, clear explanation for each one. A lead is a potential prospect. A lead could be anyone, such as a person who downloaded a free trial from your website, someone who gave you a business card at a trade show, or the name of a company generated by marketing in some way. I describe these as leads because until you engage and qualify them as needing your solution, they may only be as useful as a contact name and number pulled from the telephone book. Even if these targets have the same demographics as most of your clients, it does not guarantee they have a need for your solution. So you could also say a lead is an unqualified prospect. Simply put, a lead is nothing more than a piece of data. A prospect is a potential opportunity. Prospects are leads you've qualified, meaning you've talked with them and confirmed they have a basic need for your solution. But they're still not what I like to call hard qualified, which makes them an unqualified opportunity. Let's pretend you sell mobile phones to businesses and a lead calls asking if you have any of the latest smartphones in stock. You engage in a dialogue, confirm you have the phones available, find out a little bit about what they have now and learn how many new phones they need and what tariff they're looking for. And at the end of the call, you have enough information to send out a detailed proposal and you agree to speak to them again next week. Sounds promising, right? In a common scenario like this, most average salespeople would create an opportunity, mark it down as hot and schedule a follow-up call to close the deal. But in reality, it's nothing more than just a good prospect. Let's jump to the final element to find out why. An opportunity is a potential client. Potential clients are hard qualified prospects. In this stage of the sales process, you should not only know if your prospect has a need for your solution, but you should also know other key facts about them in order to understand the opportunity better. These facts include, but are not limited to some of the following. Number one, how much of a need they really have. You need to be sure you've asked enough questions to uncover if your prospect sees your offer as a nice to have or a need to have solution. Number two, current supplier terms. You'll need to discover if they are still under contract with another supplier. And if so, what are their terms, when does their agreement expire, and have they checked their opt-out clause or cancellation terms? It's a painful experience to close a sale only to discover the client's cancellation period has expired afterwards. Trust me, I've been there more than once. Number three, competitors. You need to know if your prospect is speaking with the competition. 
If so, you should speed up the sales process and avoid your competitor closing the sale before you do or avoid your prospects going into procrastination mode because they have too many options. You will also gain the upper hand over your competition by planting seeds of doubt in your prospects' minds about their weak spots before they get the chance. Number four, decision-making process. You will be unable to forecast accurately without knowing the finer details of the decision-making process. You will need to know what the process looks like, who is involved and how long it typically takes. Number five, delivery dates. This detail is often forgotten. Asking your prospect when they need to get delivery of your solution is advantageous. It will give you a strong idea of how much urgency there is to get the transaction completed. Number six, your value proposition. You must ask yourself if you can demonstrate that your product or service will meet the client's requirements and solve a business pain, and that your value proposition is strong enough for them to justify the investment required. Now, these are just a few of the facts you need to know to qualify a sales opportunity. There are many other facts to consider, some of which I'll of course cover later in the book. The sales process. Whether you sell insurance, cars or software, you will, or you should be, following a process. Now, despite how complicated some companies make the sales process, it actually consists of just four key stages, each containing many different small steps, which can vary depending on your business. In my experience, most companies either misunderstand and overcomplicate the sales process or underestimate its importance altogether. You should treat the following sales process like your sales navigation system. It's a simple guide with checkpoints that will lead you to your end goal. Stage one is prospecting. This is where you source and engage leads to discover if they have any basic needs for your solution. Stage two is qualifying. This is where you try to dig deeper into the needs of the prospect by asking lots of questions. It's also known as the discovery stage. Stage three is presentation. This is where you present a tailored solution to your qualified prospects, focusing on how your solution can help them fulfill a need or solve a pain. And stage four is closing. This is everyone's favorite. The close of the sale normally includes asking for the business, overcoming objections, and negotiating pricing and contract terms. Depending on where you work and what you're selling, the sales process may differ a little. For example, if you're selling pens or something of a similar low cost, you might not need to go through a detailed presentation to make the sale. But I do want to communicate something crucial to you. You must treat every single one of these four stages as being of equal importance. That is critical if you're going to succeed in the profession of selling, because the biggest reason sales opportunities don't convert into closed sales is because the salesperson either skips or poorly executes one or more of the stages. If you're poor at prospecting, you'll create bad prospects that cannot be qualified. If you're poor at qualification, you'll create low quality opportunities that turn into nothing. If you're poor at presenting, you'll waste 90% of your real opportunities. And if you're poor at closing, being good at everything else is pointless. When I ask most salespeople what area of sales they would like to work on, they usually say closing. 
However, in 9 out of 10 situations, it always turns out to be something else that is causing the frustrations around closing. I always use these four stages as a good basic tool for highlighting personal development needs in sales training. Most salespeople are good at one or two of the stages, but very few are masters of them all. By simply rating yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 in each of the four stages of the sales process, you will immediately isolate a focus area or two that you can work on straight away. So why not take five minutes and pause this audiobook right now to do this exercise before reading on and take a small step towards sales process mastery.